This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. What is up, guys? Welcome to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. Uh, Just Kurt here doing some of these intros uh, and maybe some updates. Uh, Happy be November 17th, launch of this episode. Uh, We have some content Getting cranked out here and some uh, some stories and updates and all that stuff. Um, as of now, the Doug Eric Chip Challenge is an even race. Um, and they're both being pretty vague on who's seen what, who's passing what. I know both of them have seen shooters and both of them have seen deer that they couldn't get a shot at. They're, it's vague. It's vague. We're, we'll dive into it. We'll try and get them on and get an updated episode uh, going here like really quick. Uh, just a heads up, I believe our Spotify, there's something going on. The newest CC Hump Files episode did not update when it was supposed to. I'm digging in the back end trying to get that figured out. Uh, so sorry about that if you guys primarily listen on Spotify. And that that's the case. If it's not fixed by now, you're not hearing it um, unless you dug in somewhere else to go uh, to listen to your episodes. Um, I also think I'm going to start putting regular episodes back up on the YouTube channel. YouTube's one of those things for us that's always just sucked ass completely. Um, you know, I get it though. It's, we don't really push our YouTube. It'd be great if you guys would go there and subscribe. If you guys want to see certain things, let us know. We'll try it. Um, always open to the idea of getting better at YouTube, but a uh, podcast is just where we're at. Uh, I think we're going to try and do a Black Friday sale in the store. We'll see what Eric's mood is uh, and kind of go from there. Um, and also, I just wanted to give you guys a heads up, of course, keep an eye out for all our partners and Black Friday deals and holiday deals and stuff like that uh, coming over here in the next week. Um, some of them are going on now. I know Camo Fire Black Ovis has probably got stuff rocking now. Um, so get on there and check that out. Um, moving on, I'm tagged out. I'm literally at the studio right now. Uh, at five, what a time is it? Six o'clock while I'm doing this the night before launch and I'm drinking a natty light. So I don't know what that says about me. And a lot of things have been pushed to the wayside. I was in the middle of a deep hustle trying to fill my second tag. And, uh, so a lot of emails got pushed back. Messages got pushed back. We need to do some Patreon updates, stuff like that. So 
Uh, I'm getting back on a normal schedule. Now the other guys probably won't be. Um, that's really it. So let's get to some biz. Uh, big time. You should be hunting over your big time plots now if you have not filled the tag. Um, if you need to get some seed, if you want to do some frost seeding, anything like that, code WCB2022. Uh, we love big time. Um, it's just a great relationship. I, I always see us working with big time in one way or another. Uh, hopefully, as long as we don't like to say something to ruin our political careers and Joe decides that we're not worthy anymore. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, also, Huntworth. Huntworth has been a hot topic of conversation in our working class bow hunters group on Facebook and a, a big time in messages. And people are wondering, is the heat boost stuff worth the hype? The answer is, of course, you're going to say, of course, he's going to say yes. It's actually good shit. If we thought it was garbage, we wouldn't promote it like we do. It's kick-ass. I rocked Heat Boost. Um, I love it. It fits good. It looks good. Tarnin is becoming a very popular camouflage pattern. Seems like all my buddies that are getting um, some Huntworth clothing are rocking Tarnin camo. Uh, but no, the Heat Boost is the shit. Uh, the fit of everything is awesome. The pockets on everything is awesome. Um, I still am delayed on getting a video out showing you what I wear during season. But if really until it's frigid, frigid, insanely like heavy layer cold... Heat Boost is going to rock me in until I can try and fill a tag. So check out the Heat Boost from Huntworth. Uh, code WCB15. Save yourself some money there. It's awesome shit. You'll love it. I promise. You'll like it. Um, good stuff. And Novix Tree Stands. Code WCB22. If the code is still active, uh, I would say keep an eye out there for Black Friday deals, holiday deals at Novix. They don't really do much for discount sites and stuff like that and just big sales. So you need to take advantage when they are. They're 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 pretty and I get it, that's a good it's a good plan. They're rigid to where they're on sale on their promo code. So uh jump on that deal. Um I killed my second buck, which I'll get into the story here soon, um, out of an echo. And just love it. It stands the shit. A uh, little bigger than the Hilo. Um I'll get into the whole story, though, but good American-made stuff. You know you feel good and you feel safe when you look down at the cast platform that says Made in USA, and you're like, man, that's a good feeling. So think about that, too. When you guys are like debating saving a little bit of money on some cheap Chinese painted shit, look down at a good piece of Novix American-made ethical quality right there and know that uh, it just it's a feel-good feeling, right? Feels good doing that shit, right? Uh, also... Spy Point Trail Cams, Flex, killing it. I got a lot of pictures of my second buck on the Flex. We'll dive into some of those stories here on an upcoming episode. Uh, great quality photos. Um, I just had my camera in the right spot. That's a good feeling. Scrapes was like my number one key for, for cameras this year. And I was never like a really – I never obsessed over scrapes beforehand. But I guess Lee, the cult leader, kind of you know did the rope scrapes, and I put a Flex on it. And That sounds cocky when you say it like that. Put a Flex on it. But uh, anyway, check out the Flex, the Spy Point Flex. Great camera, great quality. And if you normally have a cell cam that's like in a spot where you get eh, service, uh, the Flex could fix those problems for you. So check them out. Uh, anyway, this episode going on. I'm thinking about giving you guys two episodes this week just for the fuck of it because we can. Uh, this one covers my mountain lion and my elk hunt because we haven't done the mountain lion episode yet. And Trey and Devin are in studio. So I figured we'd knock this out. Um, and give you this episode. So hope you guys enjoy the stories and think, you know, if you're wanting to do a hunt like this and maybe it's not this year or down the road, hit Trey up and he'll help you out to kind of make some of these goals a reality for you. So just keep that in mind. Um, and, and the link to everything's in the description. <laughs> 
So enjoy it. Thanks for being here, and thanks for the support. I'm Chase Rolson with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey, everybody. It's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey, guys. This is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Mutt from Ball Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is a podcast for Billy Joe Lunch Bucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like working class bow hunter. It's really, really not that good. What is up, guys? Welcome to the podcast. And this week, we're talking hunting because we're a hunting podcast, and that's what we do. We talk about hunting. Um, I'm the only actual working class bow hunter host in a full studio right now. Uh, Kurt Geyer speaking, my co-host in the building. What's up, guys? It's Devin Leonard. We need a dude counter on the house. If you can count how many times Devin says dude and prove it, we will throw in a free working class bow hunter hoodie. And what else can we throw in? The working class bow hunter T-shirt, the new design through Hunter Box Club. We'll throw one of those in. How, too. how about just talk about that? Maybe All that's right. just what they can do. They can just get on that. Okay, so, so for Hunter Box Club, if you guys want to get, actually, you explain the design, and then I'll I'll give them the offer. Okay, so we talked about doing a special exclusive design for Hunter's Box Club. Yep, and then. We were kind of going back and forth. I'm like, man, like a hunting camp vibe would be the best way to do it, I think, because that's what everyone's doing right now. Like, hey, can we do a cabin in the woods or like the working class bone or studio look in the woods, put the logo on the front. And so you worked with a designer, had them do that, and then we'll do a whitetail in the background. Well, yeah. it came out as an elk on accident, but I'm like, dude, it looks so rad. Just run it as an elk because well, we just got done with elk camp. So yep. it fits in perfect with this episode. Yeah, so we want... So- so it's supposed to be whitetail, ended up being an elk, but we did think it was cool because resembles Kurt's elk hunt, which is what this podcast is about, right? We're talking mountain lion and the elk. We've been so lazy on that mountain lion story, Trey and Devin and me. Yeah, so <laughs> we're going to get it done today. We're going to tell you guys about the time when the mountain lion jumped out of the tree, almost cut off my jugular. Thank goodness Kurt made... <laughs> Talk about the software. Okay, though. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's the hook, dude. I'm like getting the hook. So I get the state. But anyway, okay. So we got the T-shirt, guys. We're going to give you guys this T-shirt for free inside the Hunter's Box Club. Um, All we ask is that you guys cover shipping inside the box. You guys are also going to get a can koozie with the working class bow hunter logo on it, and you're also going to get a measuring tape to tape out your next big buck. Um, So these are top quality T-shirts. If you guys have bought a working class bow hunter T-shirt before. It's the same brand. Mm-hmm. This is just going to be a different design. The only way to get this T-shirt for free is you got to click the link in the bio. Mm-hmm. In the episode description. Yep, in the episode. Yep. And then make sure that you guys, we're going to give away. So, dude, um, I don't know this, so I'm not going to say that. But make sure that you guys order it. <laughs> make sure you guys order it before November. Because after November, 
Is this going to launch before November, though? Yeah, uh, should. If it doesn't, then the offer's over. <laughs> yeah, it will. It will. All right. So I'll just okay. I'll go the extra mile. If you guys get it from this link, we will make sure that you guys get the T-shirt. Does that work? Yeah, it works. Okay. Cool. Did I cover it? Yes. Yeah. Click the link and get an exclusive Hunter's Box Club working class bow hunter box. The worst ad I've ever done. Well, white tail camp gone elk. <laughs> hey, by the way, you. I know you have stuff from the box here. Yeah, I just went and measured a G two. I opened one of those tape measures. I hope that's all right. Did you like it? Yeah, I like that the tape is black. Dude, I like the black ones too. We got more of them. Yeah, those are slick. That's yeah. a good upgrade. Yeah, good upgrade. Trey Heiner's in the house. What's up, buddy? Not much. Just enjoying the time. I'm glad you're here. Still here. We're getting a lot of podcast time in with you boys. Yeah, I Fun. just tripled my record. I think tripled. <laughs> <laughs> we got the most interesting man um, in the Midwest, Judd McCollum. How's it going? You're gonna have to start charging me rent. I am. Fun fact, Franco is on the phone. What's up, Franco? What's up, guys? Franco has not met Judd, and Franco's on the phone because he just he's still killing stuff. But fun fact about Judd, he found the largest. It's pretty big. The largest mammoth tusk in North America here in Illinois. Wow, that's really cool. So that I'll makes him picture. kind of an awesome dude. <laughs> Marcus is in the house still. How's it going, guys? Good. How are you? Good. And queer, Mrs. Queer for Deer, Miss Queer for Deer, Mrs. You're married. Queer for Deer, Casey Thompson is in the building. Hello, ladies. Our favorite gay. Thanks yep, for being here. That's me. You're our, I love that we have a token gay. Yeah. What? Is that uh, offensive? I think it's awesome. Not for me, it isn't. Well, then that's all that matters. Yeah, it's fine. We love you. It's all good. I'm glad you're here. I like it. You cool with Mrs.? I guess. Talking about cougars, we're going to talk about cougars. Speaking of cougars. Speaking of cougars, we're going to talk about um, mountain lion hunting. Um, And this is something that really just hanging out with Trey. Trey, you do elk hunts, mule deer hunts, bear hunts, lion hunts. I mean, what am I missing? You do it really. If you can hunt it out west, you, you guide it. Yeah, for the most part, pretty sure. So someone, because we booked a couple lion hunts. At the Iowa Deer Classic last year, just shortly after I did my lion hunt. There's some people that kind of interested. But if you hear this story or a lion hunt has been on your radar and you never knew where to start, because I talked to people like like Judd, for example, like, oh, yeah, I never really even thought about it or I like, took steps to take action to make it a reality. They can just hit you up at Grays River Outfitting and get a lion hunt set up. Yeah, for sure. So it's kind of a unique deal compared to, like, Deer, elk, and that you can just buy this tag right over the counter, which is shocking. Like I, I didn't even think that was a thing before I went on my hunt. Yeah, so if you're like, think you're years out before you make it out west, I mean, it's something you can go do. You can hunt lions this year and bear the next year while you're building points for your deer elk hunts. And what's cool about it is it's so. Well, I guess deer season was still going at home, but the way we did it, um, we kind of were like, oh yeah. If you want to come shoot a lion, we'll go lion hunting for a couple of days. We get one cool. If we don't, we don't. That's what we said. I was like pretty casually, you know. And then uh, what we did was I told Devin, I was like, hey, man, I think I'm going to come out and try and hunt a lion with Trey. Like, how fun would it be if all our families just hung out and out there in Wyoming in the winter and we get an Airbnb and we celebrated New Year's out there. Yeah. So we basically made it like a family outing. So we brought the family along and uh, – it's, I mean, it's cold and snowing and all that. And I just remember talking to Trey. I'm like, man, like one or two days of hunting max. If we get a chance to kill a line, that'd be awesome. But if not, then we're just going to hang with the family. Let's sled the rest. Basically, do tubing and all that. 
And, uh, yeah, so that's kind of like where this whole trip started off. So I was like, man, I don't want to hunt more than two days just because, I mean, my family and and all of our families would just be like, hey, well, you brought us out here and you guys are just hunting the whole time. <laughs> yeah, we brought the wives, the kids. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was super fun. Yeah. And Wyoming is just so beautiful in the winter. It was It's crazy. But the story is not that long, which is great for our families. That's yeah. kind of what we're getting at. But um, it was a really cool experience for me. Like, because Trey, I don't know if you understand this or, you know, the Western boys get this. Mountain lions here, and I don't know, Franco, how much you know, too, but mountain lions here are kind of almost like folklore. Yeah. And and not that people think they don't exist, but there's always, somebody's always has a mountain lion story here. Mm -hmm. And it's always this, like, 400-pound cat that's, like, eating people's cattle and dragging calves (laughs) up trees. It's always, like, super exaggerated and just... You know, it's kind of bullshit. Like, maybe guys are seeing them. I, I believe mm-hmm. that there is some out here, but it's always just some ridiculous story of conversation. Yeah. So what does a big cat weigh? I mean, a big cat's like 160 plus. That's I mean, like a giant cat? Yeah, there's, I mean, there is 200 plus pound toms out there, but like. Kind of freaking nature. Yeah, that's like killing a 250 plus white tail, you know. No kidding. Well, I mean, regardless, if you ever try to hold down a house cat. That weighs eight pounds and not get scratched. I guess any cat that's over 80 in my book is a big cat. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you think about it, like, you ever try to wrestle a house cat? Yeah. Nobody wants to do that. No. Not fun. So you take an animal that's basically the same animal, just magnitude it up. It is like a giant house cat. That's all I could think of. Seeing them, how they do, they're just huge cats. And so it's just interesting. But, um, yeah, went out. Had no idea what to expect. Trey's got snowmobiles. And I guess do people you have you provide snowmobiles if somebody wants to book a hunt? Yep. You have extra snowmobiles. Bring your winter gear and then we go in and then like the tactic is just try and cut a track, right? Yeah, yeah, I can give you a whole rundown. So Yeah. Um early season before the snow gets deep. I'm like I just killed one the day before I come out here. Casually. I, yeah, so just <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yep, yep, we did. Pretty much, yeah. So we just hey, his flight back. got delayed, so he went and killed a cat. Vague- <laughs> <laughs> I'm saving deer. Vague Trey is back. <laughs> Remember we called Trey out for being vague. Oh yeah, vague. <laughs> we need Trey time. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, so we'll just run up the canyons early in the dark of the morning in the trucks and stuff, and as soon as we cut a track, find a track, then we'll just get the dogs, collar them up, and kick them on the track, but. You know, later once the snow starts getting deep, um, we're covering a lot of country on snowmobile and cutting up and down canyons. And yeah, the name of the game is just find a track that you can do something with and dump mm-hmm. dogs and go. It's fascinating. It's such an interesting process, and it feels like when we first went out because just processing like the experience. I remember riding out. I'm like, how are we going to find a track? Because then you guys are looking, and I'm like, I'm look, I'm like, it's just pointless for me to look i'm trying and, and you guys are going pretty fast on those snowmobiles yeah they got their own look about them like yeah. i do it enough i can that you know i can if if it's pretty clean snow not a lot of elk tracks and stuff mixed in mm-hmm. you know i can cut 30 40 miles an hour and just look wow yeah if it's you're, good, you're not using dogs when you're sledding right no no they're in a sleigh back behind getting towed. behind the snowmobile oh yeah. so you're you're eventually going to get those dogs on that track though Yep. Yeah, as soon as we've cut a track, then we'll dump so the dogs. So it's not too deep for them? No, the lion's creating the trail. They're okay. just following the lion. And, you know, and it's just like, 
you know, your whitetail and everything else, you know, you there's different tips and tricks to make it easier and more successful. Um, like if I cut a lion head in one direction, you know, I'll leapfrog canyons until I don't cut them anymore and then kind of narrow them down so mm-hmm. you don't have a 10-mile race. You yeah, know. yeah. It, it's it's fascinating, like that whole process, like watching guys look for tracks. I'm like, dude, I went no one and so I was right on top of it. Well, you'd, you'd have to be like, that's a lion track, you know. You, I mean, i just not trained for that. So it's cool to, like, have that experience going down. But when we went on snowmobiles, we were going through, and we were pretty far in, I felt like. It was cold when you were there. It, it was real cold. I think it was, like, what, 7 degrees that day, the morning? Well, it might have been colder than that one in the, in the dark. But I think the high was, like, 7, right? Probably. Something like that. Because it would have been, I don't remember dates exactly. It was just before New Year's. Yeah, yeah. So it was in December. And then I remember we went, we were like, what, 42 miles, something like that back? Camp is what? Yeah, we were at camp at 38. Oh, okay. Yeah. So close. And then uh, we actually crossed a track, but we thought it could have been old. I can't remember. It was a day old. Oh, it was. Yeah. And so, and it was heading into some like, some winter closure areas, like that direction. Mm-hmm. So we just, we kept cutting everything else. Yeah. On our way back out, I was like, well, I'm going to investigate that track a little bit more. And so I dove off there, and, and I jumped that lion off a kill there. Yeah, deer kill. Had a deer killed there. And then it was like, game on. Dude, game I on. remember it being like, you came out, you're like, I just jumped that, that lion off that kill. And I just remember being like, oh, I think this is where it starts to get real. Dude, that's <laughs> when I re- like remember getting exci- excited. Yeah. Because at that point, we went, we made the trek up to camp, which was, what, thirty-two mi- 38 miles. We shoveled off the camp. The- that, for the record, blew my mind that, like, you have one of your canvas wall tents up there, and it's just, like, we're out there shoveling snow on it, and the snow's, like, almost as high as, like, to the sidewall, the yeah. top of the sidewall. <laughs> yeah. Which, it's just, it's yeah, insane that, out that there. that was just December. You get towards February, and that, I mean, you can just see the tops. See, that's Ooh. that's so nuts to me. But, like, seeing that country and that, like, winter, it's winter wonderland. Yeah. And also, very dangerous feeling so we're we're heading back out from the, like we're the going camp. yeah we're going back home basically and maybe we'll get lucky and see another track and then trey decides to investigate it yep and then i just remember being so excited that we finally like got a track that we're going to go after after uh trey jumps that cat yeah and we're like dude i can still remember like filming you on my phone dude yeah we're like we got a cat track <laughs> but, by the way the video of this is out on our youtube oh it is yeah it's out mm-hmm. nice dude. so yeah i remember that I was, I was like oh shit this we're getting the dogs out so that was cool seeing that process and then basically you let the dogs go and you have like there's tra- tracking collars i guess is the way so you can see what they're doing yeah so this garmin gps tracking collars it's i mean it's just like every other hunting it aspect the technology has advanced so much so it'll tell me which dog how fast he's going how many barks per minute he's barking it'll show me when he's treed no kidding right where he's treed you know so i know the country's so good i can be like all right so typically i can get us if we can snow get snowmobiles around i can get us within typically 100 yards of which is badass most of the time sometimes it can be Incruciating, but well, uh, so I remember we get going, and it's kind of down by like some, some water. The dogs get going, and I think the lion crossed the water and then crossed back, yeah, and end up working the in, river, yeah, the river, and, and going into a canyon. And I don't know if they went in one canyon, jumped over. I'm trying to remember, 
Because we started going down the wrong canyon at first. Yeah, we looked at the topo map a little wrong because uh-huh. it, it's just a narrow dividing ridge there. Right. And they were on the other side, and we we beat up the wrong canyon first. But it, got, it gets so chaotic. It's just like, we got to go now. Let's get in there. And I'm like, it's a rush. So we're like off-roading, picking up snowmobiles to get them through these trees to try and get them back. One guy that was with us <laughs> flips his snowmobile and rolls no, it down a hill. Dude, he's like, I watched the whole thing happen. So there's the road. The old dirt, well, not the old road, but there's a road, and it's now covered with snow. And Brandon, right? Was it? Brand- I think it was Dave. It, it was, was Dave. Dave it was that Dave. crashed. That's right. So he's gonna go. So he's gonna ride his snowmobile from the road, and he's just gonna floor it and go straight up the bank, which is maybe about ten yards straight up and straight up. But instead of like being able to make it, dude, he runs into a tree. The snowmobile <laughs> kind of like does like a. And all I see, dude, is because I'm up on top. So he's trying to like jump it and come up on top where I'm at. But he kind of like hits the tree. I see the top of his snowmobile, and all of a sudden he's like, does like a backwards flip back down towards the road. And I'm like, dude, this is not good. Like, dude, I'm thinking like, oh shit, this looks bad the way that I seen it. But dude, that tough son of that tough son of a gun, dude. He's like, I'm okay. He's like trying to get it up a mall. Like, and then you came down and helped. Oh no, that was Brandon that helped him. Brandon helped him like put it back up on like the right way. But dude, that was nuts. I felt pretty bad that he wrecked a snowmobile. Yeah. But we get in there, and it's just, I don't know. It, from my perspective, I'm like, there's a lion, and we're going in, and I'm going to see a mountain lion for the first time. So for me, it's like, oh, shit, a little bit, you know, excited. And then I'm worried, like, if I get a shot, to me, it's scary to wound a lion. And then, like, have a, and you know, that's what I'm processing. Like, is a dog going to get hurt if I mess up a shot? I don't know what the chances are of that. Could one of us get hurt if I don't hit it right? Maybe. I don't know. To me, that's all a possibility. I don't know what the actual likelihood, like if a lion, if you wound a lion for him to jump on a dog or, or one of us, it, it, what is the it likelihood? It does happen, right? It does happen. Yeah, sure. I mean, I've never had him get a person, but like, or seen him get a person, but, mm-hmm. but dogs for sure. So like, yeah, if you wound it and I got to let dogs go again, mm-hmm. obviously we're not going to be able to catch up to a lion. Yeah. So I got to let them dogs go again. And typically the lion can't climb up a tree again if he's wounded bad enough mm-hmm. so then it's a dog fight on the ground yeah that's scary Maybe, yeah and, and if you're or if he does end up going and dying and your broadheads are still in him them dogs are oh chewing on him but yeah you can get dog cup there or, oh i never even considered that part of it yeah it's just a it's kind of hectic it's crazy it's cool though uh, we got the video playing in the studio sorry frank i wish you were here buddy no nah, me too <laughs> he's like yeah i really wish i was but um, <laughs> it was cold, man. It was real cold, but it was so cool. So we get up there, and there's a footage of us climbing the mountain. And I hate that it doesn't look as steep, and the snow doesn't look nearly as deep as it felt. <laughs> yeah, it's like right there, we were, we were out of breath right there. Dude. Yeah, yeah. Climbing up in that deep snow, the steep hill. So you just hear, once we get up to where the dogs have the lion treat, it's just barking and kind of chaos. And those dogs are incredible. Like it's just a different type of hunting that you gotta experience. I, I I loved it. So if you guys actually go watch this on YouTube, you will see where the lion almost got my jugular. Dude, this this is no lie, dude. This fucking no lion joke. about jumps on me. I'm landed fucking right, right on top on, of you. It's close. This it really is, is no shit, dude. So and thank goodness, Kurt. Made a good shot. Let's talk about. Dude, how high is the stoke level though? Like, All right, we got for, for you. Is this is like is this 
is it as exciting as a big, like a toad coming into your stand and Devin and Trey, like a big <laughs> mule deer you coming across? Like, is it same so, level? I will say this. Um, the level of excitement of opportunity, like here it is in front of you, make the shot, is probably like equally the same. Um, I will say for me, just because I've never seen a mountain lion, I've never done this, the, the yeah. dogs are barking, and then all your buddies are kind of around you while you shoot adds a different yeah. layer of pressure to it as well. But also it, pretty fun. Super fun. But also, the another thing to consider is the angle of the shot. Mm-hmm. It's like a tree stand shot. But opposite. In reverse. So where normally yeah. your exit hole is, you're aiming for your normally what's your exit hole for your exit hole to be what your entry hole would be from a tree stand. Does that yeah. make sense? So yep. it flips the entry to exit. And then it just seems high pressure because don't wound this, this thing because it's more work to go down the mountain. The dogs are involved. So it's just kind of like a – it's a heavy experience. Yeah. And and I will say that the adrenaline, like the aftershot shakes lasted uh, significantly longer than any, any other hunt I've ever been on. Like, I remember, like, we got all the way back to the main road in to, like, the back country, and I still remember having, like, the aftershot shakes all the way back to that point. Yeah, and I think it's just because awesome. of the excitement of it all. Because so yeah. cool. I've seen cats out west and, and way too close for comfort in some circumstances, but I've never hunted one. Yeah. And hearing you guys talk about it, it's like, oh, man. This is like this is crazy. It's it does it seems crazy. Trey, you're probably pretty numb to like what it feels like for somebody who's never even seen a lion because you do it often. But it's and maybe you're not though. No, I I'm sure I am. Yeah, like you, it's you know it's just like anything. Like you know I hunt cats a lot and stuff. Like you see a 120 deer come in, you're like yeah, you know yeah. Like if I see like you know I get a big tom 170 plus pound tom, you know it's it's a rush and it's exciting. Yeah, and that's a whole different aspect. They're, you know, they don't put up with much. They're typically typically a lot more honor and aggressive. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to probably break it down. But you know, I'm like, well, shit, we're doing this. You know, so it gets it gets real real fast once you get up there. Um, so this shot here in the video, I'll just play this video while we're kind of narrating. It's a good reminder. The dogs are like jumping up the tree. It's crazy. So I, in my head, I'm just like, I just want to shoot this thing. And Trey's like, you want to take some pictures? <laughs> and then, so under this, there's Brandon films me and he's to my left of me shooting. I had to thread it through like a basketball size hole. And then Devin gets underneath the tree and is filming up. So um, watching this for everybody in the studio, this is Brandon's angle. So he's standing on my right and you can see my basketball sized about that hole that I had to shoot through. So that was kind of nerve wracking, you know, the angle, lots of factor. And I, and I hoisted a target up in my tree, in my backyard. That's how I practice for this hunt. So, Oh, there, there's the shot. So there's the, so this is, you know, <laughs> Oh, there he comes. The Plinko. There's Devin almost getting landed on like, four, no, he almost got my jugular dude. <laughs> I saw his claw. His claw almost got you, <laughs> but it's a uh, that big claw. That cat actually probably up. landed four foot from you, honestly. Oh, man. That's he what I'm landed right where you were standing. If you hadn't moved, you'd have been wearing it. Here's Dude. Devin's angle. Devin's underneath it when I shoot it, which is crazy thinking about Oh, yeah. Here's where he about gets me, dude. I saw him say, dude, he was, like, going for your jugular. <laughs> the jugular. <laughs> <laughs> yep, there it is. It's just Plinko. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, dude, it's like And if we had the volume out. on, dude, I'm, I'm like yelling, dude. Save me! <laughs> Save me, You Kurt! yell? Devin. 
how often do they get up and start just taking off right after the, your clients shoot them? Oh, um, oh, most more times than not. Though. I was going to say, I don't think I've ever seen a cat just drop and not run. Yeah, sometimes, but more times than not, they'll at least run 30, 40 yards at least. Because I heart shot him, baby. Ooh. I don't know. I'm assuming I did because he didn't move, but maybe I didn't. It felt good. Yeah, what dog? We had monkey and kitty there. Did we have Waldo? I don't know if we did. No, just the two. And can you shoot females or are you just going after Tom's? No, you can shoot females. So This was a female. You know, um, that that's houndsmen. That gets into a whole other topic of yeah. cutthroat and drama. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So I, I lion hunt, I mean, to save deer. That's why I, I just kill lions. So is it taboo know? generally to kill a female lion? Yeah, the houndsmen hate it. Like other lion hunters, oh, really? they they want a healthy lion population. They want a bunch of lions to run. They don't so they got to... something to do. Yeah, it gets expensive when you have to go out and cut 100 miles a day trying to find a lion track. They don't. They want to be able to just go up the first canyon and find a lion and run their dogs and take pictures and let it go, you know. Mm-hmm. But your goal is predator control. Yeah, I'm predator control. I, I think I would lean that way a lot more, too, because it's the same thing we do with, like, coyotes. We don't. If we had lions, a humble lion population here... I think I'd be the same way I with them. completely ignore deer if there were lions here. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. But uh, just a cool experience. I was fortunate to make a good shot, and uh, it was awesome, man. So I appreciate it. Yeah. It was so fun. And we got done the day, day one, so our wives were happy, and we got to uh, – Trey wasn't involved, but Devin and I, uh, we skinned it out and had a party, and then we ate it. Yeah. And Trey was like, I'm good on that, but – I, which so I they say a, mountain lion tastes like pork. 100%. Yeah. It is pork, pretty much. It is yeah. white meat. It just looks just like pork. It, yeah. yeah. If someone cooked up the pork or, or loin from a lion, you'd be like, yeah, it's pork loin. Yeah. 100%. So we just kind of cooked it, but some people say mountain lion is some of the best meat they've ever had. Do you have to be worried about trigonosis with us? Yes. Just like pork, yeah. Franco, have you ever ate mountain lion? No, I never have, but I really want to. See, So I just see... So, have you ate bear, Franco? Beardos. Yeah, yeah, no, I love bear meat. It just with predators, it's like fifty-fifty. I feel like with guys, they're always like, "Ugh," or "Yeah, well, we ate that," you know. It's probably like what they're eating on. That's what I would think, you know, like bear and cougar. They eating on, you know, a dead carcass or whatnot, or you know, I guess a cougar's always eating something. But a mountain lion won't <laughs> eat rotten meat, but a bear will. Yeah. So like, right. I, I guess if you're going to eat one, yep. probably the lion would be the better thing to eat because <laughs> it's eating fresh meat. But then with bear, did you want to eat the bears that are like eating berries? And donuts. Coming up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, make, yeah. Get some <laughs> Mexican snack Things cakes. get all plump. <laughs> you just get the beatus from eating bear meat. <laughs> so if someone is, has a lion hunt on their radar, how do they go about booking a lion hunt with you, Trey? Yeah, just call me. You can get on my website, grazeroutfitters.com. Cool. Or get in touch with Kurt. He can give you my number. Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll just send a deposit. And we do have a few spots, one or two spots open we can get in this year. And Chandler wants to do it this year, I think. I don't know if he's talked to you about it. He always flirts with that idea. But I think it's high on his bucket list. Gotcha, yeah. So, but yeah, man, it was a blast. Old, it's at Old Barn. We ate it. So for anybody wondering, it was a good time. So how much time do you carve out for a lion hunt? How much time should you so, plan for? Third week, I have a, a five-day hunt. Yep. Um, you're 
I mean, it's a hunt. Like, I can't guarantee it, but right. you're probably going to kill one. Will they camp? Will they stay at the camp? <laughs> so, yeah, it depends where we're hunting that, that day. We'll either stay right there at my ranch, okay. the ranch house, or right up at camp in the wall tents. Just depends nice. on That'd be cool. That'd be cool up. in the winter to yeah. stay in the wall tent. Oh, dude. It, it's just I want to do that so bad. It's a different experience that you can't really experience anywhere yeah, else. Like, it's... Nobody it's does neat. that. Yeah, it's neat. In the States, I don't think. The wall tents are badass. And it's like that snow is like an insulator that time of year, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it is. Which and is it's, crazy. It's like eerie quiet. Like it's silent, silent. In the yeah. It was cool, man. It's uh, it's one of the craziest experiences I've ever had. And it's funny, you know, coming back home, it's like it's fairly common practice out west. You know, here it's like, you shot a lion? Or they don't even call him that. They just call him whatever. Mountain whatever mountain. crazy name they can think yeah, of. Yeah, I think it weighs like 400 pounds. I'm like, uh, probably not, because one, I'm not that strong. Look at me. I'm holding it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's like everybody thinks coyotes are 80 pounds. Yeah. It's not true. <laughs> so, but no, it was a great time. Great time. I'm excited about it. But yeah, so thank you guys. You know, I think one, one thing I want to talk to Trey about is what I think is crazy is how there's two dogs and a mountain lion. And if they really had a fight, the mountain lion would win. Oh, that that lion could jump out and kill them dogs. And that's so mind-boggling to me. So what is it about the lion that allows the two hounds to, like, tree him and take control and just overpower him? You know, I don't know. Just cat, dog. I guess. That's actually uh, pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Even though the, yeah. this cat is, yeah, okay, cat. I, I mean, the I, dogs are loud and kind of just it's just easier to like stay up there. I What's have lost. Yeah, it's almost the confidence of the dogs that just like throws off the cat. It's like, oh, yeah. these, these dudes are big. They're talking big. Like, but I wonder too. It's like cautious. the tracks. The cat's kind of doing cat things, and then all of a sudden he's like, oh shit! Like <laughs> yeah, these dogs sure. are coming up on me. I gotta go. And then they're treated, and then they're on the defense right away. So how yeah, many sure. how many dogs have you lost? A couple, out of a tree off a cliff or like not lions. I know, but how did it happen? Were they um, one? He was dead when I got there. So okay, like and the and the other dog had it treed up away from him. So I think they treed it, got into it there on the fight there oh, on the ground. No kidding. Just punk. They just bite their head. Just bite right through the skull. <laughs> just crunch oh. it. And the other one, the hunter wounded it, and they got. Dogs got had to let dogs go. They got uh-huh. down a log jam and, and they on the ground. They got yeah. Them, them lions will just reach out and grab, pull them dogs in, and just bite right through their skull. Oh no way! Yeah. See, I did not want that to happen. No, it's got to have a crazy bite force to do that. And those dogs are so awesome. Yeah, they're like the friendliest pups, and then all of a sudden <laughs> you you put a track from them. There's like they're just ready. Burr. I mean, it's just a whole other <laughs> species. It seems like yeah, but they're like such a sweet dog. I'd feel so terrible. If I was like the reason yeah. on a bad shot or something, you know, it's like, but anyway, I don't have to worry about that. So we got it, it done. So it's, it's like, it's just a cool experience. Like you're, it's the winter range basically yeah. where the cats are down there around all the deer and elks. You see a ton of wildlife. Yeah. Oh, it's so We beautiful. saw that one big bull as we were going up the road, yeah. almost to camp. It was cool. That was cool. The whole thing is mind blowing. Just it's like winter wonderland. You know what it reminded me of? You ever seen of uh, Christmas Vacation, where they're like, it's funny because it's based out of Chicago. But then when they go to cut down that Christmas tree, all of a sudden they're in like the mountains of Wyoming, and like when they're trudging through, you know, what I'm ta- movie I'm talking about, Christmas Vacation. Yeah. He's like walking through the mountains to get that Christmas tree, and and they're in the, that's what it looks like out there. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just beautiful. You know, just winter wonderland. But you can see in the photos, it's like. 
There's so much snow. Like you can see, it's like almost up to my knee there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a really you get a little later, and there's a lot more. It's a good time. Well, let's uh, let's move on to the next segment. Let's talk some elk hunting. So Franco is, is sitting there stir crazy. I can I can Franco's dancing right now. I bet on the phone. I just feel like it's <laughs> he's like, dancing anyways. He's dancing right oh, now. Hold on. What, what's Franco? What's your nickname again? Italian stallion, golden medallion. With the gold medallion, that's correct. Yes. Okay, <laughs> that's correct. I love it, dude. Okay, let's go. Okay, let's go. Now that we got that chained out, <laughs> let's get uh, Franco. Let's get some background on you, man. How long you been guiding? Uh, this will be my twelfth season, and um, started right out of high school and was taking people to tree stands in Olympia, Washington, and met some guy and there and took me to montana i started cooking and went to guide school and after uh, a couple of years of cooking they made me go shoot an elk and after that uh i started guiding and man, i've been guiding ever since and man it's been it's been a good career so far pretty blessed it's pretty cool man it's stuff that like guys i feel like always talk about in the midwest doing after high school like and that's why we gave red so much credit one of one of trace guides you know, from yeah. Wisconsin, left to go do Trey's guide school and guides. Like, that's – it's stuff that I got uh, people either always talk about doing or when they're older, like, I wish I – if I could do it over, I would have done that. So it's cool to actually meet dudes who just did it, like adventurous type of living, which is cool. Yeah, and on cool. that note, too, I, we're going to start that back up, that guide school. When's that start, When if someone's interested? Um, it'll be summer. I think Franco's actually going to be the one to take over and start running that a little bit. Are you excited for that, Franco, or is that kind of like a, a heavy responsibility? Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm I'm excited to do it. So, um, yeah, no, I just I love what I do, and I've uh, been doing what I know that works for me, um, and I'd love to teach some people. So I think it'd be great to keep the uh, industry alive. Very, sure. Yeah. How how many guys do you take for that? How many slots? I'll probably try to hold around six. Okay. So if they're interested. Hit us up. We'll get you in contact with Trey or Franco. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's that's a great way to get a start. And I mean, we have we're kind of in our area, the head of the industry. You know, we have all the right connections to send them whatever way they really want to go. So all of those people out there that message us and say, "Hey, I want to get in the industry. What do I do?" And one of my answers is work retail somewhere, and that's honestly a good way into the industry. Or here you go. If you want to tap directly into the hunting aspect of the industry, attending a guide school is a very direct way to get your foot in the outdoor industry. And that's a great opportunity, really, from my perspective. You yeah, know? you'll you'll learn if you have what it takes, like, pretty quick. I mean, we throw you to the test, and if you're going to make something, you'll you'll know if, if, you're, if you're not going to be, if it's not for you, I mean. You'll know really fast. You'll know fast, and we'll probably let you know too. Yeah, but that's fair though. Yeah, it um, mad credit yeah. to the guides. I mean, what you guys do, Franco and Trey and the rest of the crew, you know, Red, Red, and the rest of the guides. You guys, I mean, it, it's it's tough grit, but I feel like you guys enjoy it a little bit. Like you guys kind of take pride in that it is hard work, but because I, from my perspective, it has to be so rewarding <laughs> when you have a client come out successful and you got to share like those type of moments with them oh yeah for sure for sure and we're doing so much yeah. pre-work you know it's like when they kill it's like us killing mm-hmm. so we're hunting mm-hmm. tar- target animals and 
just like you on your white tail. Yeah. Like when you finally get that, how much prep it takes to get them killed and you finally make it happen. Yeah. I mean, it's just as much the guide is as the hunter. Or, yeah. Or more so. On the western side, it's it's harder to guide to one than actually kill it yourself, 100%. Yeah, just because there's so much not in control, and and Franco, you know, we we met you in spring working class bow hunter bear camp out at Trey's. That was the first time we met, and then um, yeah, I got to hunt with you. So my my archery tag turns and basically turn and Wyoming turns into a firearm tag. I guess I don't know if you go from firearm tags or what you call them, yeah. rifle or right. we know it's firearm here. <laughs> um, but it was cool because um, you know I knew you, Franco, but it was like, hey man, we're doing this. And uh, I don't know. You're Franco's super ambitious, and you're very good at what you do. Um, not only in the hunting aspect, but like I guess if any client's going to come out, if they're going to go with Franco, it's like you're going to have a good time. Like he, he you're going to, you basically got them covered from if they're going to struggle getting up a mountain or down or a horse issue or whatever. So. Um, it's a, it's a good dude to have along with you, Trey is, is Oh, for is sure. Franco, so. I'll add to that. I mean, I've, I've been around it for a long time and had a lot of different guys come through and had some awesome ones, but Franco is probably by far one of the best, if not the best, just far as detail, taking care of the hunters, going the extra miles yeah, to do what he's got to do to it, make, keep the hunter safe. For sure. Enjoyable conversations. Just, I mean, he's top notch. Franco, did that take time to learn all that, Thanks. or does it come naturally? I appreciate that, guys. Thank you. I appreciate those kind words. Um, yeah, you know, I think just um, trial and error. And, um, you know, I guess that's life, just, you know, learning from experience and, uh, you know, failing and then doing it over time after time, and, you know, hunting the same animal, you know, day after day. But, um, you know, it took years to learn and, um, working down in Mexico and working down in Arizona with some boys down there that knew how to kill and like set up the gun before the hunter, you know, you know, while he's catching his breath. And there's just like all these little things that, you know, you can, um, minimize, Mm -hmm. you know, for the hunter as you know, you're hunting the animal. Um, yeah, no, it just takes years of experience and trial and error. And, um, you know, there's not one hunt that I guide now that I don't learn something. So every single hunt, I'm always learning. Yeah. And that says a lot too, for as much as you guys hunt. I mean, you guys grind. And every time I'm out in your guys's camp tray, I'm like, dude, you guys are up before all the hunters are up. You're saddling horses. You're loading just the amount and length of work. And I'll be honest. I do not have what it takes to do a guide school. I could not do what you got. I could do it for a week or two. But I could not do it for as long. I, the amount of hard work you guys put in to these hunts and make sure your clients are successful is beyond fuck. You can't even wrap your fucking head around it. And I mean, I know Devin, you've seen a lot. It is an incredible amount of work, and it just blows my mind that you guys do it as much as you do it day in and day out for that period of time is pretty damn incredible. So. Mad props to you guys. And it does feel like Franco when we went out, it felt just as fresh going with you like I was your first client. Does that make oh, sense? Yeah, I gotta, gotta keep that tempo up. <laughs> yeah, like I didn't have the vibe that like, oh, this dude's been grinding it for months. Even though he oh, had been, right? And that he had like been. For, yeah, he's been yeah, at that point Franco had been up at camp for 
quite some time. Yeah, a month and a half. So he could have easily been burned yeah. out by then. And that's not like, oh, he hunted oh, yeah, three days a week. <laughs> You're in and out every day. Yeah, every day. Yeah, Franco's got the passion, again. dude. Like, dude, I, I think I've only met you at camp a few times, but, dude, like, that's one guy that's got the passion, you know? Not only the passion for guiding, not only the passion for, like, the camp, the horses, the passion for, like, camaraderie, the yeah, hunt. That's big. And, dude, that's what it takes. And Like I said, dude, Frank, I've only met you a few times, but I know you got that. I appreciate that, guys. Yeah, no, it takes a passion. It takes a love for it. and um, We're literally living a lifestyle out there, so... So um, do you, do you plan on, how long do you plan on doing this for, dude? Ever. I I do I plan on doing it for the rest of my life. Uh I know an old uh like an 83-year-old man uh-huh. that still packs in his own camp on his back. He's got a wall tent, he's got a wood stove. I want to be that 83-year-old guy on the trail someday. So um, Yeah, no. I'm going to I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. I absolutely love it and um yeah, I don't know, just being in town for the last week is uh, I'm ready to get back out in the hills and get back to hunting and doing what I know. You'll have a grazer yeah. outfit hat on the whole time. <laughs> I may have one on right now. <laughs> oh! Trace tra- tra- checking in on you. He's like, you're wearing the shit, right? <laughs> well, you know, when I went out for archery elk, I had like, I think every elk, well, I don't want to say every elk experience, all the thought about Midwestern thoughts that you think about elk hunting with a bow except for double lung and one right Devin I mean it's like how close yeah. did we get on the daily with a bow like so it, the theme was just so close just no cigar and that's yeah. fine right like it's and that's what made it fun though dude. so much fun and dude yeah that's that part of that it made, that's dude bow hunting out west. it was it was the best it was everything I could have asked for an experience. Like I didn't even leave Matt. What's up, guys? Interrupting the episode yet again. Trying to be nice with these uh, podcasts is brought to you by Camo Fire. Uh, get on Camo Fire. CamoFire dot com. It's revolving deals. Um, basically, there's a deal. Could be like thirty to seventy percent off or more. It, it varies. And that deal only lasts until the time runs out, and then it refreshes, and there's new deals. So if there's something you need, get on there, check out Camo Fire, tell them we sent you, or download the app, and then you don't have to worry about deleting your browser history so your old lady don't know where you're shopping. Um, also, Trophy Line, uh, the Venatic. Did you guys see the big uh, National Saddle Hunting Day giveaway? Pretty kick-ass. Um, they picked some winners. We're going to get a podcast in. Pick uh, the first and second place winner. We're going on a turkey hunt with them in Pennsylvania. It's going to be a good time. Uh, but check out that new Venatic. Um, and there's some new Trophy Line products coming. They teased in that, that giveaway. Did you see it? Um, check it out. Use code WCB on everything Trophy Line. Um, tell them we sent you. The good people over there. Uh, also, Loophold Optics. Um, Michael and his son from Loophold were just in hunting with Austin. Uh, his son shot a good buck. We didn't get to podcast with them while they were in, but uh, you know, Michael always says, don't have FOMO in the tree stand. And I think it's an underrated thing, overrated, underrated thing to not have optics with you typically in the whitetail woods. I'm telling you, I couldn't go without it. I feel naked without the optics. And you just know... You, know, you see a buck over there, you put your vinyls up, and you can see everything you need to see. If you hit a deer and he runs out to 80 yards and you can't see what's going on with them, if you're unsure about the shot, put your binos up. See where he shot him. It, it's things like that that good optics make a difference rather than having shitty optics or no optics at all. So 
That's why I like them. I keep them in a bino harness right there with my Leupold rangefinder ready to go. Um, it's a handy tool. You need to have it at the ready. So keep that in mind. Get a good set of optics, and you really make up a lot in uh, details that you wouldn't have had otherwise running lesser or no optics at all. So think about that, um, and when you do, think about getting into a loophole setup. Good shit. Also, Old Barn Taxidermy, we're getting a lot of critters there. Doug and Eric don't have any critters there right now, though. Well, technically they do, but not this year. So what's that say? Where's this chip bet going? Is Old Barn going to have to do some sort of wild card for these boys? For this chip bet? I don't know. But check out Old Barn Taxidermy. The G2 forms, they're doing meat processing. They're one of the biggest tanneries in the country. Chances are your taxidermist that you use wherever you're at, if you're not local, um, might use Old Barn for their tannery. Ask them. Also, ask your local taxidermist about a G2 form. Just be like, hey, what's up with them G2 forms from Old Barn? Can I get into one of them? Uh, They're great. We have a bunch of them here on the studio wall. Great looking form. We get a lot of compliments on them. Um, So very, very pleased with everything Old Barn is doing. And Scent Crusher. Uh, We've had, uh, we have a closet here at the studio. I've been running the Ozone Go, everything in my truck. Uh, Basically, get rid of Casey's Pizza Square smells, um, if you want to know the entire truth. But Scent Crusher, obviously, always killing it. Uh, Been loving working with that company for a while. So uh, thank you guys for supporting them. And uh, if you haven't tried Scent Crusher products, uh, try them out. Yeah, I think you'll like it. Hey, guys. Sorry to interrupt the episode. Hope you're enjoying it. We want to take a quick second and uh, got Devin Leonard here actually talk about one of our great partners at Hunter's Box Club. So you've heard us talk about it in the past. You've seen Clint support on CC Hunt Files. Uh, maybe you've subscribed in the past and got some shirts. Um, if you forgot about it or you don't know what it is, Devin's going to break it down for you. That's right, guys. So we've designed a T-shirt for the working class bow hunter crew, and we're going to give you guys this box for free. All we ask is that you guys cover shipping. Mm-hmm. Now, the episode before, we said that we were going to limit it, limit it to 100. Well, before we could actually stop it, we had 140 people take advantage of that offer. So we now have to print more shirts no matter what. So what we're going to do is we're going to print another 140. So that means we have another 100 boxes that can go out. You have to order before November. and For the end of November. Yep. Yep. Before the end of November. And there's only going to be 100, and this time we have to stop it because we won't have time to print before the next month. Right. Um, and 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 if we sell 100 more, Devin's going to pay for my tag to go on a coos deer hunt in Mexico. Yeah. So I really want to go to Mexico and do this, and I really want Devin to eat his words and have to pay for my tag. <laughs> so if you can help us out with those 100 boxes, it's the price of shipping. Yep. So guys, what's super cool, this is going to be an exclusive t-shirt designed just for working class bow hunter. Um, Eric... Uh, Kurt, do you want to talk about the shirt? Yeah, so we wanted to do a kind of like a whitetail camp type (laughs) design. And I was like, it'd be cool to do like a working class bow hunter studio or like a cabin, like in the woods and all this, you know, just like the classic hunting camp tradition um, that us whitetail hunters love so much. And, uh, Devin's designer's like, well, whitetails are cool, but here's an elk instead. <laughs> and and it came out. I was like, it's actually super, super cool. I was like, run it with the elk. The elk's cool. I just killed an elk. Yep. It kind of fits. So uh, the design's really cool. I haven't seen a design quite like it. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty pumped on it. The elk is cool. It's a good touch. Yep. Now, guys, the only way to take advantage of the offer to send Kurt to Mexico <laughs> is you have to click the link in the podcast notes. If you click any other link, it's not going to give you guys that offer and you won't get the T-shirt. So th- click the link in the podcast podcast notes. Mm-hmm. 
and the t-shirt and box is yours. Yep. One to three surprise item in every box. There's some good stuff in there too. Yeah. So with, in, in, in this giveaway, you guys are going to get the working class bow hunter t-shirt. You're going to get a working class bow hunter. And CC uh, hunt files koozie. And yep. And then you're also going to get the measuring tape. The measuring tape sweet. From the working class bow hunter to tape out your next big whitey. That's right. That's right. Well, thanks, buddy. I'm excited. Okay. H- help me go to Mexico. I feel like I'm trying to win a sweepstakes. <laughs> <laughs> I awesome. just want you to lose this like bet. Like, well, I'll do it if we buy a hundred more. Dude, or- I'm going to lose no matter well, yeah. So I'm gonna lose Maybe. my yeah, because Mexico is not cheap. Unless people just don't want me to go and they're just uh, like, no. A hundred boxes, you get to go to Mexico, dude. That's a good deal for you, bro. Well, I appreciate it. And not only that, dude, I want you to experience Mexico because you're going to have fun. It'll be a blast. All right, guys. Thanks for supporting this. Back to the episode. Hope you're enjoying it. It's like we, we were just in them. Like it, the game plans and the strategy and the go, let's, we're going to get on this bench and see, and you're going to sit back here in Cal Call and go after it. That's so much fun. We had a blast. Yeah. Dude. And we covered some some ground man we're chasing the bugle next thing you know it's like oh shit we're way up here <laughs> you know it's such a good time um but we we just couldn't make it happen and, and trey's like hey man let's come on out for a couple days and i'm like cool got this tag had built the points um my wife's cool with it so everybody's and cool dude, how cool is that that you got the full experience you got to experience oh, the awesome. rut you got to experience rifle hunt the late season you you connected with franco yeah. You know, more than what you did at the camp before. Yeah, we got quality time. And, dude, that's what hunting's yeah. all about. You know what I mean? It's like having those experiences, Yep, having that good time. And, dude, like, you didn't kill for a reason on the archery hunt. Everything happens you, for a reason. Yep. And you killed for a reason on the rifle, dude. So we go in first day, Franco and I, and we knew we knew bad weather was coming. Remember that, Franco, like the first morning? Oh, out? yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, we both didn't want to be in it. Yeah, we're like, do we need to make quick work? We got like two days before it gets nasty. So uh, we go, and I'm always weird about horses because I'm still like intimidated by them, you know? That's my fault. But I'm getting way better with the horses, I feel like. Yeah, you're doing good. Um, Hey, you like Walter? What's that, Franco? I said, you like Walter. Dude, all right, we're going to get to Walter. (laughs) I almost shot a horse and just paid Trey whatever it would have cost or insurance to replace it. (laughs) So, um,. It's only because I know Trey have been like, hey, dude, listen, you'd have done the same. It was a rattle. <laughs> wasn't my horse. Hey, I've seen Trey shoot a horse, so yeah, you're good. <laughs> hey, every good cowboy. <laughs> that was a joke, by the way. <laughs> no, I haven't. Was this another rental horse? So yeah, it was a rental horse. It was a rental. So, but the first day in, we go in, and we see, right away, we heard a, like a half bugle, right, Franco? Yeah. Yeah, the first morning. Yep, so... Keep that part in mind. We, we're going up. We're starting to switch back up this hillside. We hear like a half Frank. Oh yeah, a half Franco, a yeah. half bugle. <laughs> and then uh, we get up top. See and some I called cows. It a raghorn. Yeah, you're like I called it a raghorn. I was like, oh yeah, the rag. Don't Forget worry about that raghorn, Kurt. Shut, shut, shut your yeah. mouth. We're going up here. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, don't guide your guide. All right, we're going up this. Don't mountain. guide your guide. <laughs> so uh, we seen some cows, and then. Yeah. Uh, we get we move over in that one big uh, glassing spot you had. We seen oh, yeah. a five point cutting across, and he, he bedded down. We actually got to we watched him bed down, and then uh, we made this big game plan. Like, All right, we're going to loop around and come down and crank this five point and try and get in on him. So Frank, yeah, because we were pretty pumped up right off the bat. We oh like, yeah, oh, yeah, let's go shoot this thing. But let's get closer. Let's get closer because it was too far yeah. to shoot. And uh, yeah, Franco, you marked on the map where you thought he bedded, like roughly. 
and yeah. we go all the way around drop and, and drop down on this bull, and he was on the dot where this thing was. But you couldn't have been more perfect. Like, <laughs> and we get 90 yards of this bull, and uh, Frank, I'll let you tell the story from here. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I drop the pin. We circle around, park the horses. I'm like, okay, you know, it's, it's got to be right down through here. So we start creeping down through, and, and uh, I'm just, you know, I'm feeling it. I'm like, okay, I got to be within 100 yards. Step around this tree. I see the gold. Set up the binos. I'm like, dang, I just snuck up on a bull at 90 yards. This is awesome. So I'm like, okay, Kurt, what do you want to do? And then Kurt's all checking it out. And then the bull's kind of looking at me, and I'm like, hey, don't move too much. And so, we're, you know, we're kind of playing this game for like 30 seconds. And, and you know, I, I'm looking at its horns, and I can see it's got a small second and a small third on one side. And, and what Kurt, you know, told me what he wanted to kill, this wasn't the bull. But in my mind, you know, I'm in kill mode. So I'm like, hey, five by five, this is what you want. You got the gun in your hand. Bull stands up. I'm like, I look at. Kurt, I'm like, this is the golden moment. Here's and your chance. You Here's them. your chance. <laughs> yeah, this is it. Here you go. Like, shoot him. Like, this 90 yards. Like, this is badass. We just snuck up on this bull. And, and you're like, I can't see the horns. And I know it instantly. I'm like, oh, he, it's not big enough. So, you know, Kurt just, you know, the, the bull takes off. And Kurt's, you know, nonchalant, mellow. He's like, ah, that was awesome. That was freaking cool. You know, high five. It was cool. He told cast him up and. Yeah, it was just a, it was a cool, you know, getting close, stalk them, see a bull elk day one, first hour. It was so. badass, man. It, it worked out for yeah. it was a successful hunt. Like we had that bull dead yeah. to rights, you know. And uh, yeah, basically, dude, we were kind of we were on assassin mode that first day. We went up, kind of. Oh yeah. Talked about what we just did. We're having a good time, bullshit and talk and all that stuff. And then, uh, of course, a good mountain app in, some glassing. And then we had some daylight on the way down, and we snuck back in on another group of elk on the same hillside, and, like real close. And we just kind of laid low to see if a bull would pop up with them. And But it was cool because you and I looked at each other like, dude, we just snuck in on a like two times in one day on some elk, like right in the wheelhouse. So it was kind of a cool feeling. Yeah, that was cool. We did do that twice because, yeah, we, we, yeah, we took those naps and then, as we were walking back to the horses, we were just cruising, I don't know, three-quarter level on the mountain, coming across, and then it was like, boom, there's a cow, there's a calf, oh, there's a spike, and we were, we were looking for this bull that was, you know, pushing 320. I kept seeing him every day during deer season. That's why we were in there. And, um, yeah, no, we were totally in assassin mode. That was super fun. And then that was pretty much day one. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was a blast. A very successful feeling day. Well, that's what's cool about that. Like, even if like you didn't shoot one, but you could have, and you saw animals, you still feel like feel good. It was a good day. Yeah, you know, like day. you feel confident. Like, if it was the bull we wanted to shoot, we could have done it. Yeah. So it's like good practice. Yeah. And so- yeah, and we had like kind of a game plan of like how we were going in there. We were gonna hit this section of the mountain, hit that section of the mountain, and then by day three we were going to have that 320 bull found. That was like the motto. Right, right. So we, we're going in confident day two, and uh, we get out. Same, We go ahead up to the same area. And uh, yeah. go. We're, we're, so keep in mind to the listeners out there, we're riding in on horses in the dark. So we have uh, Frank was on his horse. We have Miyagi the mule. 
and I'm on my yeah. horse, which I named Walter because um, he had a, a number for a name. He was a <laughs> rental horse. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to call this one Walter. It just seemed right. Uh, so um, old Walt and I, we're just uh, cruising in in the dark, and he's doing okay. And then we start getting to, like, the base of the mountain where we're going to start, like, switchbacking. And old Walt, all of a sudden, it's like I'm riding a four-wheeler. I try and get him to follow Franco and Miyagi up the uh, up the hill. And I'm like, dude, this horse doesn't really want to do this. Um, and it, it could have just been me not knowing how to, like, discipline a horse. Trey would probably say that's the reason why, but um, – or maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know Walter. Well, Walter was a dick, Trey. So uh, – but, but Franco and I were kind of just joking around about this horse. Just like we gave him this, like, fake personality. And I'm like, fucking Walt, you know. Was it a paint? No, it wasn't a paint horse. Oh. It might as well have just been, dude. If if it's going to be stubborn, it might as well be gay too, right, Casey? So I, I I'm <laughs> <laughs> shots I'm fired. Stubborn. I love Kate. Do you have any horses? No. Would you own a paint horse? Do you think they're pretty? Yes. I said that paint horses are pretty, and Trey scolded me. I said he, he said I need to work on my cowboy etiquette. Well, I like horses. So <laughs> I'm not too picky. What's the deal with the paint horse? <clears throat> They just suck. Okay, let me tell you this story real quick. Can I tell the story, Trey, yeah, the paint horse story? I didn't know this was taboo for cowboys. There was one paint horse in the stall, and it was, like, up on the mound, like, looking all majestic. I'm like, that's a pretty horse. And Trey looks at me and goes, we need to work on your cowboy etiquette. I'm like, what? And he goes, I never get caught dead on that thing. And I'm like, <laughs> what? I'm like, all right, well, yeah, paint horses suck. I don't know. Not a big fan of little Joe. Okay. I don't know why the rental company likes to send them to me, but uh, just... <laughs> they laugh at you. Yeah. And so I will explain it. So we own about what 55, 60 head of horses ourselves, but between all my camps, mm-hmm. it takes about 75 to 80 head of horses to run our operation. That's crazy. So what's what? Why paint horses? Why are they not as cool? Because they're pretty. No, because they give out. Like I mean, there's good ones. Don't get me wrong. So the colors. Directly correlate I think, I with think the temperament. U- well, no, I just think they're ugly for one. But <laughs> it seems like when I have a horse that always gives out on me in the mountain or something, it, it's like a pain. Like if I had a client horse that give up. Is it true that so color of a horse can ha- can directly relate to temperament or attitude? No. Um, is it the well, color? Or is it the that, I think they're kind of their own breed almost. Yeah. Oh, what, okay. But I don't. There's good ones. I've and I've been around some good ones, but for some reason, them and Appies just kind of. What's an Appy? Appaloosa. They kind of look like a paint. They're spotted a little bit on the rear end, right? Yeah. I got a spotted mm. booty. The, the saying go, like booty. saying goes, you know why Indians ride paints and Appaloosas? So by the time they get to war, they're mad enough to fight. <laughs> oh, <no>. oh, <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, boy. <laughs> that one might be spicy. Um, <laughs> that's hilarious. Okay. Go. So Walter was Nora Paint or Appaloosa, right? Is that how you say it? Appaloosa, yeah. Um, Walt was just... A big fat idiot. A Walter. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Frank was kind of laughing at me because I'm like... I don't know. I'm kind of uh, cussing the source. Just and looking at me. Just staring. Just kicking and staring at me and like, not going nowhere. And I'm like, oh, man, we ain't, we ain't getting up to the spot. Okay. Yeah, we weren't covering ground fast on old Walt. <laughs> so, but, like, Frank goes with his mule, switch backing up, and my horse is like, I'm going to go over here. And I'm like, you fucking idiot. You know, I'm getting frustrated. <laughs> and I'm, like, trying to steer him. And, it, I don't know, it was kind of comical a little bit. But. We get up. We get up about to the point. 
I did at one point, but it almost it's yeah. almost like Walter could see the future. So I think maybe he could have been psychic. We and the verdict's still out. We're still trying to channel. Yeah, he knew the over there. Yeah, yeah. So we get to where the day before we heard that half bugle and Frankel's like just a raghorn. Don't even look over there. And uh, so I'm like, okay, noted. It was still dark. It was still dark. Okay. It was still dark when we heard the half bugle. But it's kind of breaking gray light at this point, and we get up about to that same point, and Walt just freezes on the mountain while Franco and his and the mule keep going and I'm kicking the ever I'm Trey's giving me some tips to get a horse to like cooperate a little better and I'm implementing them plus with a little more aggression than I normally would have and Walt's just like I'm just gonna stand here and you're not changing my mind. So I'm kicking him to try and get him to go and he's just like nope just st- like a statue. So I get off pull him up as I get off to pull him up just a bugle just across the canyon where we heard that half bugle before and i'm mm-hmm. and i'm like come on walt you motherfucker and i get up there and i'm like did you hear that franco and he's like yeah i heard it so yeah, it's not a raghorn it's not a raghorn turns out <laughs> it's not a raghorn anymore i'll let you i'll let you tell this story how you want to paint this picture here franco because uh this is where it gets fun all right yeah so yeah walt's not coming you're coming up the trail bulls bugling and, uh, yeah, gray lights cracking. I throw up my binos and I'm like, Hey, there's some elk right there. Awesome. There's a couple cows. Oh yeah. There's a bull. And, uh, now I could clearly see six on one side, five on the other. Um, uh, I was like, Hey, game on, here we are. And click the range finder. It's like four fifty, and I got a, a really nice gun. Um, I bought it for the job. Um, I got an awesome Husqvarna scope. I got a Gunworks gun. I shoot a 28 nozzler. And, um, great bipod system. I think it's an Atlas bipod, but anyways, um, badass. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does the job. And I try not to shoot out past, you know, six, 700 yards. I think that's a very good, consistent, um, shot that I can perform with it. And, um, anyways, um, you know, it's straight downhill in front of us. It's, you know, 65 degree angle. You know, I, I need to get Kurt prone and, um, you know, I see some down trees that are kind of like a couple feet off the ground. They're horizontal. And, um, anyways, I'm like, Hey, let's go down to that log. So we go down to that log. I get Kurt set up. The bull's kind of pushing his cows back and forth. It's what is it? October 21st. Kurt? Right around there. Um, I should remember. It'd be the 22nd, second day of your hunt. The 22nd. Yeah. 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 Well, no, and, but you know, yeah. they're still rutting and they're bugling. Yeah. So, yeah, it's you know, and typically that doesn't happen too too much in the West. But this morning we rode right into an awesome herd, rut frenzy, cows are everywhere all over the hillside, and this bull's just pushing cows. So, so anyways, we get set up, um, bull's pushing his cows back and forth, and it's a solid three hundred inch bull. It's exactly what Kurt wants, and um, so anyways, I pretty much the bull never gave us a shot. Is that right, Kurt? Because yeah, he's going he, back and forth, and you just couldn't get on. He was, like, kind of cresting the hill, and he'd, like, go chase some cows over, then kind of come back, but he would just never stop. And it was just, like, the the top of the hill was kind of yeah. cresting his, his vitals in half. You know what I mean? He's just over the top of the very top top. So, yeah, yeah so he ended up just basically pushing cows over and never came back over. But we still still hear bugling, and that's, that's when, right. Franco, you spotted another bull 
basically down and to the left of the same mountainside. And uh, yeah, so yeah, there's cows all over that hillside. We're sitting at 450. Um, yeah, that you you didn't feel good putting that that first shot on that first bull. So um, that bull took off. Um, there's more cows on that hillside, and I, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, there's got to be another bull here. I mean, there's just too many cows. And then all of a sudden, I see this big, bright, blonde um, body down there and throw up the glass. And I'm like, oh, nice five by five. That's right on Kurt's menu. This is perfect. All right, Kurt, you see the bull. It's, I think it's somewhere like 600 to 650, somewhere in there. And, and uh, I turned the turret, um, but the day prior, I had not put the turret all the way back to zero. So... I'm cranking this turret to 600, and Kurt's steady on the log. I'm like, okay, Kurt, bull's broadside. Your breathing looks good. Go ahead, buddy. Shoot. And boom, Kurt shoots. I don't see no dust fly. I don't see nothing. And then I'm like, (laughs) rack another one, and the bull's just standing there. Racks another one, shoots. Boom, I see nothing again. And I see all the elk, you know, running downhill, and I'm like, oh my gosh what just happened and um and Kurt's just like i don't know man i was right on him and i'm like i don't know what happened and he gives me the gun back i'm gonna go put it in the scabbard up there in the mule and i'm just sitting there kind of pondering myself and i look down at my turret and i could see the the threading underneath my turret and you know i'm pretty good with my gun i've killed 30 plus animals with it i know what i'm doing but i guess today i had a little bit of a hiccup and you know, I looked at the turret, and I'm like, oh, great. We were shooting at 3,000 yards. Um, <laughs> right away. Frank, I'm like, dude, yeah. I suck at shooting rifles. I shouldn't have even shot. And Franco, we realized that. And Franco's like, dude, I'm sorry. And I'm like, it's not a big deal. Like, it's it's cool. But the but I just yeah. missed him so bad that he didn't even know he was being shot at. And he was still well, bugling. He was still bugling. Yeah. So Franco, yeah. we kind of resolved this issue. Franco's like, "Dude, I'm sorry." I'm like, "I'm not mad. Let's just figure <laughs> I felt something out." So bad, Kurt. I felt horrible. I, I know you did. I'm like, "Dude, it's it's all good. Like we're hunting, man. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like it's all yeah. good." It's not. And uh, I felt like I, I don't know. In my head, I felt like I was trying to smile at you to where you wouldn't. But then I looked back at the. I just feel like maybe I didn't express that I was like really not, not mad. I wasn't. I wasn't mad. So maybe you thought I was no, mad, I but I really. Mad. But anyway, um, he was still bugling. I just missed him so bad. I don't even think he knew what was going on. <laughs> they had no idea where, where that shot came from, no nothing. They went down the draw, came up the other side, and they were screaming. And Franco so. and I pretty much got that turret thing resolved. We looked at each other like, we got to fucking go right now. Like, if we're going to get this bull again, yeah. we got to go right now. So we run up back to the horses. I gave Walt the middle finger a little bit and then we, we lead them and we're just running to try and get to the other side to get, get some glass on the elk again and find the bull. And, uh, we get looped around, tie the horses up and we set up. How many times did we like get prone and set up to glass? Like, and I think five or six times in like a 10 minute, maybe not even 10 minutes. It felt a little longer than probably what it was. But probably was, but yeah, no, we ran, yeah. we, you know, he was bugling. We ran down, tied up, came out to the edge of the ridge, glassed up the cows. We were like, okay, let's set up here. We set up bull never came out. It wasn't like a real square on look to the timber and we're, we're shooting 450 yards and 
um, yeah, we just, you know, we set up five different times. We were clearing bushes out. We were, you know, getting all positioned in the prone. And, and uh, finally, we just we turned that bull up. And, Dude, it was perfect, uh, though, too, because when we did turn him up, he was in, like, the perfect pocket to shoot in. I'm like, oh, there he, okay, this is good. And I just remember, yeah. like, so, oh, no, remember, remember the horizontal tree? Yeah, that that was the most frustrating part, and that was that was another strike strike for me. But anyway, <laughs> you know, the bulls, bulls four hundred fifties, you know, it's right in this gap, it's next to the horizontal tree, and you know, I kept saying horizontal, but really the tree was more at like a diagonal, but it was it was close to horizontal. But yeah, it was that pretty was diagonal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for a horizontal tree. I'm like, I don't fucking see a horizontal tree. But then I finally found the bull. So then we get on yeah. it, and you were on them. I'm like, all right, I feel good. Doosh, yeah. You know, crank off. And then I can't – in the pocket he was in, I couldn't find yeah. him again after the shot. So I'm like – I don't know if I hit this bull right away, and I'm like trying to find this pocket again desperately. And, yeah. Frank, I guess you saw it more clear, so I'll let you tell this part. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, I had you cranked up to 30 power in the scope, and – and that was um, badass. One, one excellent shot, and I saw the ripple in the skin. And you know, it was a, it was a little far back, but it was right where it needed to be. It went right through both lungs, and um, man, the bull hunched up. You know, ears pinned back, did a little spin, did a little you know, a little wobble there. And I bet within twenty seconds he fell and didn't even go fifteen yards. Piled up. Yeah, and, uh, I remember Franco yeah. being like, it was, it was, "He's dead," and I'm like, "Body shot." I did the whole Luke Bryan. Is he down? Is he, is he down? down? <laughs> is that what Luke Bryan said? I, well, you see where he shoots his white tail, and he's like, "Is he down?" Oh, and he does that. Like yeah, that's pretty much me because Franco was like casually like, "He's dead. He's dead. He's down. He's down." I'm like, "Is he down? Is he really down?" <laughs> we were hugging. Oh, it was awesome. Crying. Oh. And it was like so early in the day. We had all day. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was eight forty. Yeah, it was perfect. Nice. So we sat up there and just kind of like replayed it and talked about it and just like oh, it was a good feeling, you know. So we went down and and we get over there and uh, Franco filmed me walking up on it, which was cool. That's legit. Um, yeah. God, it was a cool experience, man. The just elk are incredible. They're way bigger than you think, even. You know, like I knew they're big. Yeah. But it's like, I thought African animals were big. You know, like a sable. I'm like, that's a big ass so animal. So, where does that, so where's your elk hunt rank? Like, between your new experience hunts that you've done. So, your mule deer, your Africa, your elk. Mm hmm. Like, where does it, um, because that seemed like the way you tell the story, dude, that seems like pretty awesome. Like, 100%. You know, even, even, you know, I'm a bow hunter first, I think. Like, yeah. in Wyoming, and everything's, you know, it's not it's not like going out in the Midwest and cranking a whitetail in a field with a rifle. Yeah. You know, like I had a different appreciation for rifle hunting. Um, e even, you know, I, I just I wouldn't have the same appreciation for rifle hunting here. Right. But like the terrain and all the factors that play in, it's tough. It's not easy. Right. To right. kill a bull, it's a, it's hard work no matter what you're hunting with. But uh, but yeah, I mean, definitely one of the top experiences. Like I I, I rank my mule deer as being like. Hard to touch by anything. Yeah. Just because of emotional. Dave, archery, mule. Yeah. Yeah. Being up there with you guys, like that's hard to even come close. Yeah. You know what I mean? But so, but I ranked this elk hunt in definitely in the top conversation. Like 
Yeah. Good experience, yeah. yeah. One of the great yeah. experience. It was the best, man. Dude, it goes back to like our last podcast. It's like whatever you're hunting in the moment is the best it's hunt. The best hunt. Whether it's elk, whitetail, bear. Yeah. Shoes, well, whatever. I'll tell you this. I no matter what I'm hunting, I never, I never ever take it for granted. Yeah. Like I know, like in the moments, like man, this is such a sweet moment. You don't get to live in the moments after a harvest or a kill or whatever you call, how everyone wants to determine. It's like that's the sweet moments of success where it's like that's what you thought about. I mean, of course, yeah. it hunts a lot more than that. Like, had like every hunt I've ever been on with Trey and Devin, and and even recoveries like we we did with Trey's buck. Like, those are the best moments. Dude, mm-hmm. yes. You know, even though I wasn't there and watched, didn't watch Trey shoot that buck, <laughs> but recoveries like the best moments. Yeah. You know, but and that's what Franco and I had. You know, we went up and we're high fiving, dude. And we're dude, we got all day. We got we got quesadillas for lunch. Let's make a little fire, have the lunch, <laughs> and we just set up like twenty yards over from the bowl, and we're just shoving our faces full of quesadilla. And we brought Mountain Dews up there, and we're just like, <laughs> you know, Judd be proud. Did Judd and, bring them up for you, or what? And, but it was cool. We just we propped this bowl up. So he was like sitting all pretty, and we just sat there and ate lunch and watched him. And it's like, man, we got all day. Yeah, this is great. So we yeah. basically, uh, Franco taught me, showed me how to do the quartering, how to do the rib roll, all the cool stuff, get all the meat out, and we took all the meat we could for the record. Um, the rib. So you guys took rib meat? Yeah, he showed me how to do the rib roll. Damn, that's legit. It was cool, man. That's cool. I watch it. Franco's a magician, man. <laughs> I was watching him do that. And I'm like, rib roll just sounds fun. And yeah. to watch him do it, I was like, that's pretty cool. Nice. So, um, just carve all the ribs. Yeah. You know, going through each one, carving them and peeling it all towards the, the front of the animal. It's pretty cool. It's pretty slick how you can do it. Have you ever seen someone do it? No, I haven't. It's really cool. It all just comes off as like in a piece, one piece. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, cut the back straps out and it's like, yeah, you can't even wrap your head around how much meat is there. You know, it's like for each, we've all held whitetail backstrap or like a mule deer backstrap. You grab an elk backstrap and you're like, we're rich in meat. You know what I mean? <laughs> like Joe Rogan up there. Yeah. It's like my testosterone levels are going through the roof. And then uh, a four foot piece of meat. Yeah, right. So we <laughs> we get uh, sweet, sweet Miyagi loaded up with the, <laughs> the quarters and all the meat and the rack and the cape. And we get down this drainage, right? This is the next part of the story. Am I missing something, Franco? I don't want to skip ahead. No, you're doing good. We we loaded Mr. Miyagi, and and Mr. Miyagi didn't really want to take the head, but we got the head on his back, and and uh, can I just take over from here? So we, yeah, keep you can keep going. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we get the head on Miyagi, and Miyagi's you know nose is flaring, eyes are bulging. He's looking at me like, dude, what are you? Why'd you put this animal on my back? I'm like, Miyagi, you did this last week. Come on, dude. Like, see eye to eye with me, please. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) be my friend, please. Don't make me look bad, Miyagi. (laughs) Don't do this. Oh, exactly, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So, and then, you know, Mr. Miyagi's like, he's a thousand pounds. He's got to be. I don't know, Trey, you think he's a thousand pounds? Oh, yeah. 1,100, 1,200. He's huge. Big boy. He's big. Yeah. But we were, Franco and I were pumping Miyagi up, and we're like, dude, you're the MVP right now. He got cocky, dude. He got cocky. (laughs) Miyagi's a mule. He's a mule. You got to go about mules a little differently than you do just horse. Are they more honorary? No, they decide they're not going to do something. Phrase stubborn as a mule. Okay, like, forgot about that one. Yeah, <laughs> you get something. A mule gets something in his head. Like, 
it's not easy to change his mind. And, like, you got to kind of go slower around him. Like, they're sensitive around, like, dead animals and stuff, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And so you can't just go waving. If you poke them or spook them or something there, good luck. Mm. It's a chore. It's a chore. So yep. You got to just – you got to read situations before they happen, and you can avoid all of that. Well – I don't know if so. that's a poke at us, Franco, but apparently we didn't read the situation. <laughs> yeah, so and Ty so. loads down with lash ropes so they can't shift and jab him. Yeah. All sorts of things. Well, go ahead, Franco. I'll let you continue to tell this one. It's in your hands yeah, so. now, Franco. <laughs> so, there I was, looking at me, Algie, looking at me. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw the horn hitting his butt, so I started reading the situation. I'm like, what would Trey do? Oh, he would totally fix these horns real quick. Um, And this is like after we got 200 yards down the hill. We're in like a little open meadow now. And, um, you know, we got 500 yards of the road. We are home free. But I see the the horns hitting the butt, and I'm like, hey, what would Trey do? Let's, you know, I'm I'm jumping the situation. So, anyways, I start messing with the, the head. And, you know, I got my ropes loose and whatnot, and, I don't know what happened, but Miyagi just freaked out, started doing a 360 around the tree, and the horns were underneath him. But at the meantime, he, like, scooted his butt and hit Kurt and threw Kurt, like, 15 feet Dude, in the air. And I went flying. <laughs> I, it was, so how did he hit you? He, I don't know. I don't know. All I know. He just I, bumped into you. He had to like, just, like, with his butt, with the saddle pack? I think, the I think with his butt, like, his rear right quarter i don't know this is but it's all i just went flying (laughs) i just remember being like oh shit and the next thing i know i'm like landing on my left shoulder and i went rolling like i kind of landed on my bino harness and my left shoulder at the same time and my shoulder's already kind of been irritated and i remember just being like "Uh uh-oh and i hit the dirt so hard man but i was like when i got up i'm like i fell down this hill like how'd i end up down here but I guess with an 1,100-pound animal, down. dude, it hurt. 1,100 pounds. You know what I mean? When a big you ass... rolled like three or four times. I saw your face and back like three, four times. Like, <laughs> but it happened so fast. It was just like I was trying to help him fix it. And the next thing you know, I'm like, oh, shit. And then I'm just like, oh, I, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I don't know. It went so fast. I don't really know what happened exactly. But I just remember I was you in the air. so fast. Yeah. Yeah. So I was all right. But then we're like, oh, shit. All right, all right, let's get them back on there. So we try to put the head and all that back on, which maybe we should have just collected ourselves for a minute. <laughs> and yeah, Miyagi yeah. freaks again, but this time I'm not getting thrown. So like I kind of end up going Franco's direction, and I grab Franco, and we kind of went barreling. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, he saved me, saved me from Miyagi. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just my reaction, whatever. Like I just grabbed him, and we went rolling. Nice. And then my elk and everything gets on the ground, and he's like stepping between the brow tines. I thought my elk was shattered. <laughs> and it yeah, was- I thought I killed Miyagi. I was like, oh gosh. Yeah, we were nervous there for a minute. <laughs> But anyway, um, we were like, okay, well, this isn't going to work. And the whole time I'm like, what would Trey do right now? Like, what would Trey have done? What was the move? What would what would Trey Heiner have actually done? Probably a lot of things differently. But but also it makes his story better. Yeah. <laughs> he would have tied his back foot to his neck. That's what we should have done, well, right? He, yeah, if he was dancing around like that, tied a, tied a hind leg yeah. up on him. And just let them free. I, I mean, I've, I've packed. See, I'm still learning. 
50, 100 <laughs> plus elk on that mule. So, but, but he can be a little bit snorty around him at times. That like typically I'll cape the 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 take the cape off the skull and stuff. I mean, like the face freak him out. Yeah, sometimes that stuff does on a mule. So, oh, really? so Trey, why do you think that? Get closer to your mics, guys. A little closer to your mic, on it, or why do you think? You know the scent. It's dead. You know stuff. I mean, sometimes they just get in their head. It's like yeah, kind of a scary situation. Um, every meal's different. It does make. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. So, like, I have had meals like they won't let you load them with until you cape them off. You know, mm-hmm. stuff. Or sometimes you got to just kind of you got to go slow around them and. Not put up in their faces and stuff, and then once you do get them on loaded, they kind of want to scatter. You just bump on their chain halter, you know, and give their mind something different. I mean, you can you can avoid a lot of situations, but it, it takes just years of experience reading, yeah. reading bond, like sometimes... body mannerism on you. I mean, I can just tell it meal thinking like yeah, just you... by his body mannerism, you know. Because I feel like sometimes you got to like cater to like their needs. Yeah. Then other time you got to show them who's who's boss. Is what I've learned. From you watching you, is that true or not? Oh, yeah, like you got to know. You can like, tell if they're just being a dick or if they're actually really scared. I mean, if like they, if you're scared of something, like, and somebody just keeps running at you with it, you're gonna run. Then you need like to if you talk them out, like, hey, you know what, just all right, go on. Yeah. Then and if you're still like freaking out, then yeah, I'm gonna tie your leg up to your neck and, <laughs> and let it, you do and, that, and strap it onto where you can't buck it off, and then and then, then we'll you go. just let them get over it. I like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, but any, Frank and I are just like, damn it. So we end up just yeah. putting the elk, the head and the cape on the pack and uh, just walked it down to the road. It wasn't that far, thankfully, but. Um, Five yards. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, Dude, you know what? Perfect. Experiences like that is what makes it. You know what I mean? It was awesome. Like how, like, yeah, your shoulder was hurt for a little bit. Does it feel better now? Not really. Okay, well, you're still messed up, but you know what? It's I'm tagged it. out now, so now you're I can go to the doctor out. and look, get it looked at. I'm pretty sure something's torn in it, I think. But, dude, like, you know. Not, long... from, not from Miyagi, but from a previous horse incident. but <laughs> From your BMX riding, come on. Yeah. Yeah. It's that pump track. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a pump track that I never finished. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. By the way, Franco's a BMX guy, too. We, oh, for real? Yeah, we learned that on the you last day. You guys connected on that hunt. Well, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, and I didn't know that until, like, after I killed my bull on the way out. I'm like, fuck, we would have had a lot more to talk about, man. I didn't know, but now we know for next time. But yeah. um, we got him out of there, yeah. and we dude, we had a – it was so much fun. We had a great time. That's cool. Yeah, dude. and so it's good to pack that – you know, sometimes it's always nice to put the head, like, on a backpack and, Absolutely. you know, carry it down to the trailhead or whatever, so – yeah, it was great. You, know, you got the full experience, I felt like, in a quick time. Yeah, man, I'm just I'm thrilled with my bull, too. What was, that? was that on day two? Day two, yeah. Morning yeah, of day two. Dude, that's legit. But it felt good, man. I, but it also did felt like I just continued my archery hunt. But it was it was great, man. It was, the bull was, I'm, I'm super pumped with him. Good 5x5 five five. Um, on his left main beam. He's got, like, this cool little kicker that comes off the back. Um, mm-hmm. just do. They're incredible animals. They're just neat. They smell good in a weird, like ruddy type way. You know, <laughs> it's like a big buck smells good. You just kind of like it stinks so good type of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I just the whole thing was cool, man. Like seeing a dead elk lay there, like you know, going back to it's like how big of an animal it is. It's crazy. Do I remember when you called 
me and I was like, dude, how big are those bulls, dude? They're badass. They're so big. Well, dude, they're, they're, they're like, so big. I don't ever want to hunt an elk without a horse ever again. Well, I learned. <laughs> I have some theories. I have some theories now after seeing a big dead bull. And maybe we can talk about that. It'll be un, It's going to be some unpopular opinions, but I don't mind doing it. Um, but I can't imagine like seeing like the bull Trey killed, like a 370 type bull. I can't imagine the body on that. It has to be so insane. Like few hundred pounds, four hundred pounds bigger than like a bull I shot, or yeah, sometimes yeah. See, that is so crazy, huge. Yeah, but I have a theory, and maybe this this is going to be an unpopular opinion, but I'm gonna say it, okay? Because maybe I'm wrong, because I just don't know. But I bet you a lot of the guys that are doing the backcountry DIY elk hunt stuff that don't have horses and mules leave a lot of meat in the field. Mm-hmm. Oh, hundred hundred percent. I can. Go, I don't right. really want to say name. Franco knows we packed. Some bulls off them. Some oh, yeah. really, really popular industry guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, they left so much meat. There's no way they had all their elk. We packed two bulls off okay. there on a pack horse. No kidding. Well, dude, because looking at it, and that's kind of the conversation we had at camp when we got back to camp. Trey, you're like, now, now seeing how big they are, what's your opinion on the guys that pack them? There's no way. I mean, if there is, I mean, they're boning them out and stuff. I, mean, I guess if you did that, maybe, but... I mean, there's some guys that are making multiple trips and doing it, but you ain't getting elk out in one trip. No, it'd take you a while. Even two guys, one trip, if you... Do you, do you think two guys you, can do it in one trip? I don't think Boned so. out? No, with a head and cape, definitely not. No way. That's yeah, so no, much I, weight. Yeah. Dude, because imagine if all these guys that are like, we we're eight like, miles in, we it were takes six two miles horse, in. It takes and two that, horses to pack out one below. That's I mean, the thing, I've, like, I've packed them out in one, but it's it's too much for a horse. Really, like it, it takes two horses to pack them out. You go on an elk hunt, and you got to prepare. And for the guys that actually do it, everything that's there. And for the guys that actually do it, dude, mad props to them. Mad props. But I so bet you there's a lot of motherfuckers. They're that, leaving neck meat. They're leaving rib meat. They're leaving. I'm sure. I don't know what else. Well, it's not. You don't. You're not required to take out rib or yeah, rib neck meat in Wyoming, anyways. Yeah. But even at that, just your quarters and your back straps and loins and stuff, they're not getting all that. Dude, it's so much. But it We're just it. it just made me think about it a little bit. Like, you know, I guess at a certain point, if you're not willing to put in all that work, if you did a backcountry hunt without horses and mules, you have to. I think if you're going to go way, way, way in to find elk and you're to the point where it's like three trips in and out with weight on your back or whatever it is, is probably not feasible. You almost have to like debate the ethical line of like, all right, now I'm too far to ethically get out all the meat that I need to get out to show this animal respect. I don't know. There's a debate there that I don't know a ton about. All I'm just saying is it makes me think a little bit about some of that stuff. So being fair. There's a lot of people doing that stuff. I think what you need to do is have a plan. You need to think about that stuff. That's it. Exactly. That's it. But it was cool, though. It's it's, it's cool experiences. I don't know. That's just, like, some things I thought about. Hey, is is Franco a coos deer hunter? Yeah, I just shot one the other day. It was awesome. What's up? Okay, Franco. So (laughs) what I'm trying to do here is I'm trying to get Kurt to go to Mexico with me. So what okay. I need you to do is spend the next 60 seconds on convincing Kurt on why he should go to Mexico. 
Oh, I've talked. I've talked his ear off about Mexico. He knows he needs to go. Okay, I'll go to Mexico. <laughs> yeah. So this is the second commitment on the podcast. Right. I'm going. I'll go. Yeah. As long as I go. can do the shows I have to do for business, if we can plan it between those, I'll go. I'm tagged out yes. now, so I'm not going to hunt until then. All right. So, so yeah. after AT- ATA, then I can go. Be the best experience well, ever. Hunter's Box will pay. Did you hear what Franco just said? Best experience ever. Hunter's Box will pay for the tag because I'm going to do marketing work for you guys. We could probably work something out like that. Okay. Done. We could do that. All right, then I'm going. It's going to be so much fun. Should we do another round of boxes? Yeah. Another Like if we do another let's, 100 let's do t-shirts. Box. Dude, let's do another 100 t-shirts and I pay for Kurt's hunt to go to Mexico. Okay. Sounds good. We're going to have to figure that out. We can do that. When are we gonna? Okay, we got to do that tomorrow. Be, so you're gonna stay another day in Whitetail Hunt. Done, dude. We'll have a meeting. You might done. Stay another week. You know what? I think that's a great idea. Just stay until <laughs> firearm season starts next. This is all business now, huh? Yeah, you got till Thursday. You can hunt till Thursday, and then you have to go after that because firearm season kicks in. Is there? A, can I use my tag on a firearm? Nope. <sighs> can I buy one? Mm-hmm. Well, Maybe. you could Maybe. try. You got to be on the ball. You have to be there, like, right when they go on sale. I bought mine, like, five days ago and got one. Oh, they're open now. They're available. Yeah, they came open, I think, on, like, October 18th. I pre-apply, but it don't matter because I'm tagged out. <laughs> tagged out! <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, all right. Well, so 100 more right. boxes, and then I'll go coos your honey. I like that idea, dude. Let's do it. Okay. I'll go then. Franco, you hear that? I'm going coos your honey. That's, I'm very excited for you. I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> so, have fun. It's, yeah, I just <laughs> used your hunting all last week, and just glass and form is so fun. They're just the coolest animals. Yeah, yeah. it'll be cool. Little baby whitetails. Franco, have you been to Mexico? Yeah, I've been to Mexico a few times. And um, What I've are you doing the, around January 15th? I am not doing anything. Well, we're going to need to talk. We can get another. Okay. Can we get Please another tag? Know. I mean, we can, we got two tags. We can split them, share them. <laughs> Is that how it works in Mexico? <laughs> well, we yeah, we we got two tags. And we just can shoot what like you could shoot one. I oh, could shoot. I got you. You could shoot both deer. Oh, we only have two deer two deer tags. It's like a party thing. Yeah. Oh, I got you. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. Cool. So. Anyway, well, Franco, we'll talk. Franco, you want to come guide us? <laughs> we tried to yeah, get Trey yeah. to go, but he won't. He won't go. I'll but maybe he will now. It sounds like a party now, huh, Trey? I spent enough yeah. time down there. For a bit. <laughs> <laughs> There's some trade time stories. I think we could. There are some major trade time stories in Mexico. Okay, oh. <laughs> we'll wait for the we'll, Patreon. We need to do a Patreon segment. Tray time. <laughs> It'll book you some hunts, I bet. Or cancel some hunts. <laughs> we were like, yeah, second thought. Hey, you're willing to get shit done. That's we're just going to scare off the wrong kind of clients. <laughs> Honestly, there's a lot to that, I bet. Right? Oh, yeah. But no more California cowboys. Bad ones. <laughs> no bueno. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, Franco, thanks for calling in on this, dude. And I appreciate your friendship, man. I had a blast with you. Literally. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me on here, and I uh, appreciate, all you, appreciate all your guys' friendships as well. You got to get out here to the studio one of these days, man. We'll hang out. So um, you just let me know. We'll get you out here. Looking forward to it, guys. Get your butt to Wyoming. 
I will. Yes, sir. You got it. <laughs> on, on it, boss. All right. I'm going to go find a 220 uh, giant in the morning. So once you know how it goes. Okay. There you go. Good. Awesome. Good luck, buddy. Awesome. Anybody got anything to hey. add? Kind of a Me? dual hunt segment. You know, we did the lion. That was delayed. <laughs> Big delay on the lion hunt Love podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's all right, though. Hey, it's, it's just about time to book your lion hunt if you want to go this year, right? Yeah, that's right. Maybe a little late, but. Now we can still get you in. All right, so the only thing we need to add is if you guys want to get a free hunter's box with the Working Class Bowhunter t-shirt, all you got to do is click the link in the bio, and the box is yours for free. Mm-hmm. All we ask is that you pay shipping. So, the guys, this is an exclusive t-shirt. If we sell another hundred, I can't believe I'm doing this right now because I could sell way more on Facebook ads, through Instagram ads, but I want Kurt to go to Mexico. So, if you guys go on... If, so if you guys want Kurt to go to Mexico as well, all you got to do is get a hundred. All you got to do is take advantage of the hundred free T-shirts, and you're going to send your boy to Mexico. He may not come back, so you may not want to buy the T-shirts. He might die by the cartel. <laughs> Who knows? Dude. I've had guns pulled on me. I've eaten dinner at the cartel's house. This shit's gone crazy. Do it or don't. But send Kurt on a coos deer hunt. I got a neck. I'm out. Dude. I'm in. All right. You know what to do. Go shoot your bow. We love you. Thanks, guys. of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more.